Hello, and a warm welcome to all of you for tuning in, for listening into this podcast. I want to say thank you for tuning in and following me as we continue this long discourse, this dialogue of how to find freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness, even with chaotic circumstances and all the craziness that's going on in our world today. Again, this is Pastor Rick, and you're listening to Fresh Bread from the Pastor's Pantry. Today, got a good word lined up that God has given unto me, and I pray that it will be a blessing unto you richly, and if so, send it to someone else, share it, and pass it along. We're going to get started today. I'll start by asking you the question, have you ever found yourself up against a wall as if you can't go any further? There's a wall that's standing in your way and a wall just simply won't move or a mountain that's even in your way and it's too high to scale to climb over and you just don't know what to do anymore. Obstacles, opponents, adversaries, enemies, things of this sort always will come after you. But what are you going to do about it? Sometimes we've been pressing so hard for so long that we really want to give up. I'm talking to you. That person might be you. You might want to give up. But I'm going to tell you, don't you give up and don't you quit. If you don't quit, you will win, especially when you play by the rule book that God has given unto us. God has a blueprint for breaking down the walls that are in your life. And that's what we're going to discover here this morning. Let's get started. Joshua chapter six, beginning with verse one. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city all you men of war, you shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. Notice immediately, first thing I want you to see is that when it came to Israel, defeating Jericho, God said clearly, it's already done. I've already given it unto you. Your victory it's already done. Your peace is already done. My promises for you is already done. I have already completed it and finished it on my end. All you have to do now is just follow my instructions from this point forward and you will, you will advance, you will increase, you will prosper, and you will live a life of fullness, freedom, and fruitfulness. And so he's giving, Jared, he's giving Joshua the instruction, it's already done. And maybe that's the first word for us today, for you, for me, that whatever it is that, say, that we're facing even today, whatever it is that we're desiring to do, especially in line with God's will and plans and purposes for our lives, it's already done. The peace that you seek, it's already done. Okay, so that's the first thing. But when it comes to the blueprint that God has and that he's laying out for Joshua, he says that that blueprint, it first consists of you need men of war. You need men who have a military mindset, those who understand warfare and who are not afraid to engage the enemy on the battlefield. A lot of us today are standing 
to the side on the sidelines. We're watching. We're, we're in the war and don't even realize it. And we're out there on the battlefield and don't even realize it. We are in the midst of all the fiery darts that are being shot at us and over us and around us and not even realize it. The dangerous thing about being in, involved in warfare and not realizing that you're in a war is that you could end up becoming a casualty. God has not called you, my friend, to be a casualty, but to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. It's time that you get a military mindset and understand that you are involved and engaged in warfare with the enemy whose desire is to st steal, kill, and destroy you, totally annihilate you and your family but don't let him. God has a blueprint. He says that the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Your enemy is not going to lie down and allow you to overcome these obstacles haphazardly. He's not going to do that. You have to be willing to fight this battle out. You have to be willing to engage the enemy. Take up the sword of the spirit, that little dagger that God has given unto us, which is his word. It is meant for you to personally encounter and engage with the enemy hand-to-hand -hand combat. Don't be afraid of that. God has called you for that and he's equipped you for that so that the victory is guaranteed to be yours. Military mindset, that's, that's, that's one of the first things. The other thing is this. Notice how he tells him, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Seven priests on the battlefield with you, engaged in the battle with them. I wonder what Joshua first thought about this when he first heard those words, that the priests will be out there with you and they will be marching with you and they will be blowing ram's horns. What is this all about? Well, the priests are there as representatives of God himself. And they are there to be the go-between God and man. Listen, God is trying to help us to understand that whatever the task may be, whatever the feat that we're trying to accomplish, we cannot do it apart from spiritual influence of intercessory prayer. That means you're going to need your brother and your sister in Christ. You're gonna need someone that you can go to, someone that you can confide in, someone that you can trust with the depths of your heart, the secrets of your heart, and say, brother, my sister, help me to pray for this. Help me, will you agree with me in prayer? Come together in agreement with me, whether it be an individual, whether you are an individual, or this is for us as a nation. In order for us to accomplish any great thing or overcome our enemy, even the enemy that's plaguing our land today, the priests of God, the ministers of God are going to have to come together and intercede on behalf of this nation. Spiritual influence of intercessory prayer is a key component to God's blueprint for you breaking down those walls that are standing in your way. The other thing is this, the third thing as part, part of the blueprint, we're going to go down to verse Versa 5, it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat. Now here's where the people come in, the rest of the people. We need people, part of that blueprint God says. You need the people to be steadily, vigorously, eagerly, 
tenaciously praising God, lifting up praises unto the Lord Most High. Because when we praise his name, it ushers in his presence. That's a key component. Continual praise of the name of Jehovah God ushers in the presence of the Almighty in our midst. So whatever you're going through, whatever storm you may be facing, whatever season your life may be in right now, a continual praising and lifting up of the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, will usher in his Shekinah presence into your life. That's key. That's part of that blueprint to breaking down those walls. Continual praising of the name of Jesus in the midst of the circumstances that are against you, in the midst of the storms and the winds of life that are blowing against you, in the midst and right as you are standing in, at that mountain, at the base of that mountain, it just won't move. Listen, God may not be calling that mountain to move altogether. It can move and he said it will move. You just speak faith to it. But at the same time, in this story here, he's not asking for the, for, for the walls to move. No, he's going to break down the wall. Some things, things need to be broken down and demolished in your life. And this is how. The final thing I want us to notice is Joshua, the man of God himself, a leader among God's people, the one who has been chosen to be, to be the general of God's army on the battlefield. This man, warfare is not anything new to him. He understood warfare. He understands military strategy. He understands being in the war room, planning things out. But here God gives him a blueprint that is totally, totally different and maybe even contrary to his own personal plans in order to take the city of Jericho. But I love this about Joshua. Upon hearing those plans, the Bible says that Joshua, the son of Nun, he called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. Basically, he called the people together and told them, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the same thing that God has called us to do. The same thing that God has shown me that we are to do. We're gonna follow his instructions. Know, know this, that you have to be limber as a leader. You gotta be limber. You gotta be willing to bend under, bend under the word of God, bend under the counsel of God, the will of God, as he gives it to us in his word. You see, when it comes down to it, though we see the blueprint consisted of these different elements that I've just named, military mindset, spiritual influence of intercessory prayer, and the pr continual praising of God to usher in his presence and leadership that's limber, what it really comes down to is Hebrews 11.30. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. It wasn't about how many times they went around the wall, really. It wasn't about the blowing of the ram's horns, really. It wasn't about having the people in place and, and doing these particular things. It really wasn't about that altogether. The bottom line, came down to them having faith 
and following God in obedience to what God has said. It always come back to, are you willing to obey what God has already said in his word? That's his blueprint for breaking down walls. Clear obedience to the word of God. Clear obedience, outright obedience to his word. You'll break down the walls every time if you just simply obey. Sometimes it doesn't make sense in light of our circumstances. Sometimes the word of God just doesn't seem like this should work according to logic and natural train of thought. But it's God's word, which is the supernatural word of God that supersedes the natural every time. Keep following God. Keep trusting him. Exercise your faith in obedience unto him and allow God to bless you with the freedom, the fullness, and the fruitfulness that you so desire. Be blessed as always. May his peace be with you and the hand of God rest upon your life. Amen. Hello and a warm welcome to each of you for listening in. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. This is your host, Pastor Rick, and you're listening to Fresh Bread from the Pastor's Pantry. Today, I woke up with a few thoughts on my mind that I want to share with you. And so as we get started, the one thing I woke up with pressing upon my mind is actually tomorrow. For tomorrow is the remembrance of the most cataclysmic, climatic, crucial, and conclusive event to ever take place in all of human history. On that day, our freedom was paid for. To live a life of abundance, it was all paid for. To be more productive and prosperous, that too was all paid for on that day. But now, it is seemingly in my opinion, being all taken away from us. And my question is, what are you going to do about it? What are we going to do about it as a church body of believers in Jesus Christ? What will you do when all you have worked for, when everything that you've believed for, when everything that you have sweated and given your life for is being ripped away from you And someone tells you that you won't be able to do that anymore or that you can't have or do the very thing that you desire to do anymore. For sure, in order for you or I to hold on to that freedom, be able to live in that fullness and be fruitful in the things that you or I venture in doing or in our beliefs, your faith and practice of it, you're going to have to at some point take a stand. So over the next few minutes, I will be discussing with you what taking a stand actually looks like. So let's get started. In case you forgot, tomorrow is Resurrection Sunday. It's easy to forget because of the restrictions, the restraints, the guidelines, those things that are in place in our country, in our state, even in our city. These restrictions or guidelines, as they call them, have essentially prevented and prevailed against the local church from gathering as a body. Amazing. But here's the hard truth. The very freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness that is ours by the sacrificial death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ 
is being slowly taken away, eaten away, eroding right before our eyes. You know, Christ was so right when he said over in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 12, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Christ here is speaking in reference to those who desire to enter into the kingdom and into the things of the kingdom, such as the greater plans, the promises, and the prosperity, blessings of the kingdom itself. But he's pointing out how there is opposition, obstacles, and opposing forces in the way, such as the, relig the religious leaders during that day, the political leaders, and spiritual enemies, people even that you know, who are forcing themselves against you to keep you from having what God purposes for you to possess. Christ is simply saying, you're going to have to take a stand and be strong in order to receive his kingdom blessings. Yes, the church has to take a stand. In a very similar way, this is exactly what the Lord told Joshua. As Joshua and the Israelites were at the precipice of entering into the promised land of God. Listen to these words from Joshua chapter 1. Verse 3 says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Verse 5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord told Joshua, be strong and courageous. He even repeated it several times so that it would be cemented in the fabric of his mind. Joshua, church, whoever you are, whatever your name is, I am bringing you and the nation into the greater promises that I have planned and purpose from eternity past. But you're going to have to be strong. You will need to be very courageous in order to possess it. So what about you? And what about me? Are we willing to take a stand and be strong and very courageous in order to receive and walk in the freedom, the fullness, and in the fruitfulness that we desire, you desire, even your God desires for you in your life. If you remember, I started talking about is Resurrection Sunday tomorrow. As a church, we definitely need to be strong. We need to be very courageous. 
But there's also a few other things that we need as far as characteristics if we're going to fully embrace and enjoy the freedom of worshiping our great and mighty Savior on Resurrection Sunday. These are found over in the book of Acts, chapter 4 and 5. So if you turn over there, you can read them with me. Over in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, they're facing charges. They're being brought up on charges for doing something that only God can do through them. And so the people bring them to the courts and they arrest them and they charge them for speaking in the name of Jesus, in the power of Jesus, by which this miracle was performed in this man's life. In verse 19 in chapter 4, or verse 18, they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Basically, they said, we're not going to stop. In the end, they will let the apostles go. But as they let them go, the apostles, they came together and they prayed. They raised their voice to God with one accord. And they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? Now, Lord, look on their threats. And grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled, all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. They spoke the word of God with boldness. The other element that you're going to need when you take your stand, you have to be strong. You have to be courageous, but you also need to be bold and brave. Bold and brave. You're going to need that as well. And so we see that in Acts chapter four, but I also want you to see over in Acts chapter five, the other element. That goes along with that, where Peter and John, again, they're being brought up on charges for doing something that God has called them to do, for walking in that freedom, walking in that fullness of the power of the Most High God and enjoying the fruitful benefits that comes along with it. And so Peter and John, <laughs> they are arrested again. And so they're brought up on these charges and they're told that they are not to teach or command anything in the name of Jesus. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging 
on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And so here Peter and the apostles, they're letting them know that we have to do this thing. For God has done an awesome work, an incredible feat he has accomplished by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. It's because of the resurrection and we give witness unto it of the power of the most high God. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer his, for his shame. And daily in the temple, they continued. In every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. The other thing you're going to need and I'm going to need and us as a church, we have to take a stand. Stand and be strong. Stand and be very courageous. Stand and be bold. Be brave. Be daring. Be determined. But most especially, be united. Be together. Be in agreement with one accord. The church today, this is our time to take a stand in unity together against the forces that are pressing against us, that are trying to rob us subtly of our freedom, of our fullness, and of the fruitful blessings of the kingdom that Jesus Christ paid for on our behalf. My charge to each of us is that we will move in unity and take a stand together against the forces that are pressing its way against the church to keep us from advancing and moving forward into the greater promises, the greater plans of the Almighty God. Even in your own life, you have to be united. Blessings to each of you. Thank you for tuning in. As always, may the peace of God Rest upon you. Amen.